this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. podcast of 2014. Uh, this is Kevin Jagernaut, the managing editor of The Playlist. And this week we are shorthanded. Um, much of our The Playlist team is in Sundance right now, uh, checking out the movies we'll be talking about over the next year. And our regular host, uh, podcast host, Eric McClanahan, is under the weather. So today it will just be myself and Ollie Littleton, our features man over in the UK. Oh yeah. And, uh, hey, Ollie, how you doing? Good, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, yeah, so I guess we can just jump right in. I mean, um, the big event this week uh, for movie folks everywhere is uh, the Oscar nominations. And maybe you can start us off um, and let us know what your thoughts are, how, how things played out. Were they what you expected? Were any, yeah, was it what you expected to see? Um, I think more or less... Um, my big, my big sort of prediction error was, was I, I, I wasn't sure that Wolf of Wall Street was going to make the cut. I didn't right. think, I, I, I thought there was a chance, but I, but I thought it would be in the sort of number 10 slot, um, and, and maybe just miss out on a best picture nomination. I didn't anticipate the kind of strength that had in terms of DiCaprio getting nominated and Jonah Hill getting nominated, mm. which the latter was, was a surprise to a lot of people, I think. Um, but you know, I like the movie, so I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I was wrong on that one. Um, uh, I I did see the sort of strength of American Hustle coming, which had been sort of building up, yeah, kind of over the holidays, I think, as as people sort of caught up with it, and um, uh, and yeah, and so I, I I don't know how many people called that it would it would do what Silver Linings did and get for four acting nominations across the four categories. So that was that was um surprising to some. I I, I did kind of see that coming. Um but I think for the most part it wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh it wasn't a year of huge shocks. Um even the bigger missions like Inside Inside Lewin Davis was mm-hmm. sort of you know that that had been in the cards for a while. There were a couple of I think you're about to say Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. That was a shock for for some, and I've sort of seen a few people, because my I, I don't know my I don't know what I, I don't think we've talked about uh, Captain Phillips you and you and I, but like my feeling I I I, I liked it a bit less than some, mm-hmm. and my feeling is that he's 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 like solid but pretty good, you know solid but but not like I wouldn't call it an exceptional performance for most of the movie, and then the last like fifteen twenty minutes is like the best acting he's done in his career. <laughs> right, yeah, that's fair. And um, and I've seen a few people batting around the idea that that it may be that you know people watching on screeners and stuff, each, like didn't even get that far, um, 
you know didn't you know may have turned it off right um before the ending or were kind of half watching while like wrapping christmas presents or whatever right so um but also that was such a tough category this year and um uh you know someone someone had to get left out yeah it wasn't gonna if it wasn't him it's gonna be DiCaprio or Bale um yeah. was like Robert Redford and Oscar Isaac which I thought were the two best performances sort of in contention uh both missed out um so you know if you have a lot someone's gonna someone's gonna miss out mm-hmm. uh, the Emma Thompson Emma Thompson missing for Saving Mr. Banks was was more of a surprise, and and the movie not getting a best best picture nomination. I, and if I, I think it only got one nomination. But was but was Saving Mr. Banks ever like I know there was conversation that it was sort of the um, typical middle of the road, you know, Oscar bait. Um, but was it ever really seriously a contender? Do you think? Like for me, like I just didn't really see it. I think it, you know, I think it got, um, I'm, I'd, I'd have to double check this. I'm, I'm pretty sure it got a PGA nomination. Um, and you know, and a few, a few of these sort of precursor awards. Right. Um, and, and I think it was a Globes nominee as well. So like it was, you know, I think it was in the running and they were pushing it quite hard. Um, and you know, certainly I was surprised it didn't make it, but you know, it was never it was never a critics movie, mm-hmm. um, but I think that you know ultimately just people didn't like it enough, um, and I think it didn't. One thing that, that a lot of people said when it first started screening, there were a few. I think Jeff Wells, I remember, ran a piece saying that he talked to some studio guy who was like, "I think Saving Mr. Banks is going to win it, like win the whole thing." Right. Um, who is presumably eating eating his shoe right now? <laughs> right. Um, but um, it's um, I don't know the the idea. I think in some quarters was that like the artist and like Argo, it was a movie about movies, which traditionally can do quite well with the Academy because it's the sort of feeling of you know what we do is important and what yeah. we you know and. Um, uh, but I, th- but you know, and I remember writing this quite a long time ago. Um, it's not really a movie about movies; it's a movie about Disney, um, and about Mary Poppins. Right. And it's not really a film that. It's kind of a film about artistic interference as well. Right. You know, and essentially, it it, it is about the heroic studio coming in and like rewriting the the life's work of this of this author. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that may have gotten some votes from, like, development executives who were in the Academy. But, like, <laughs> I can't see... No, like, I don't... I I quite like the movie. I, I, um, I you know, it, it, I think it's probably the most, like, negatively... Negatively reviewed film of the ones in contention. I, you know, I, I had a pretty good time with it. Um, I think that, you know, I think some of the stuff works really well. The flashbacks, not so much, but like, um, but I think it's one of the reasons that, for example, you know, it didn't get a WGA nomination, um, you know, is that it's not, you know, it, it, I think the right, you know, writers, despite the fact that the script is, you know, is, is probably better than some of the ones that are nominated. Um, it's, uh, it's not a, 
you know, it's not something that writers really respond to, for example. Yeah, for me, Saving Mr. Banks and this year's nominees in general, um, if there's anything that sort of is coming out as a, as the early narrative for this year, mm-hmm. um, it's that, I mean, last year we saw, you know, Beasts of the Southern Wild and Amour both get Best Picture nominations. Yeah. You know, those were so, two kind of outsider movies. Very surprising to see them in this year. I think, I mean, in that year. And then this year, I think the only real film of that caliber, and it's a, it would be her, but even then, it's still a studio picture. Yeah. Um, and, and and just going with the snub, or the quote-unquote snubs of uh, Tom Hanks and, and uh, Emma Thompson and... And even Oprah Winfrey, which many people just assumed because she's Oprah would immediately get a nomination. I think this year um, we're seeing that the idea of um, Oscar bait, the idea of like uh, a movie calibrated to get nominations and awards is sort of a fallacy in some regards. I think that's, yeah. Um, But I think... I think you, you know, I think it was still easy to. I don't know whether that's just that the movies that are awards bait are almost of a higher caliber, and that I think if you'd asked me a year ago, what are the best picture nominees going to be? I'd certainly have had Twelve Years a Slave down. Yeah, I had American Hustle down. I'd have had Gra- I'd have had Gravity down. I'd probably have had Wolf of Wall Street down. Um, but it's more that I think what we think of as awards bait is changing. Mm, and, that's a good point. And it's going to be interesting to see how, like, you know, Harvey Weinstein, you know, who's who's owned it the last few years mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, he didn't win Best Picture last year, but, you know, Silver Linings did very well and Django did very well. Um, and for a while, it looked like he wasn't going to have anything uh, uh, as a Best Picture nominee this, nomination this year. Because I think what he did, you know, in the, quite often he he you know he buys or he develops like a bunch of things, and then quite early on he fixes on the one that he wants, you know, that he clearly has the most like momentum and the most right. energy behind it. Um, and that that never really happened this year because, and you know, these films that very you know The Butler and Mandela and um, August Osage County, which on paper you know were were traditional like awards fair just never really clicked with people mm-hmm. uh and, you know the butler did well but i think and I, I wonder if the butler had come out in november or december maybe it would have done you know it would have had more like momentum yeah um, I, was a, I was a little surprised he didn't do like a re-release like in december like a like a new york la kind of there's yeah. one more time to see it on the big screen kind of push for it yeah um but um but you know, I I I remember seeing Philomena in in uh, in Venice in in August and being like, that's that feels like a Best Picture nominee to me. But yeah, yeah. But he only realised that I think once, um, or he certainly only started putting all his eggs in that basket. I think when when Kyle Smith uh, wrote that sort of piece, and then he was suddenly like, oh shit, I uh, I have a narrative now. I have like a. Um, a hook to put this on exactly yeah and it did and it and so it did make the cut and and that sort of is you know in in many ways that is the sort of most traditional 
quote unquote. I guess Dallas Buyers Clubs is, is is in there as well, but like it's it's the most traditional like old people movie <laughs> in the best picture. Right. right? But um uh and again that's that's a that's that's you know, I think that's a pretty good film and I'm sort of glad that it's you know, it wouldn't have been in my top ten films of the year, but like I think it's it's pretty decent. And no, I'm, I mean I'm, for for what it is, like for that yeah. kind of a movie, it's very well crafted and very well put together. Um, and I'm pleased, you know, and I'm pleased for Steve Coogan because, you know, I think it does have, it's got a little more of an edge and more, you know, more of a, like a sharpness and a sourness to it than like a lot of film, you know, than The Butler or, or mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that is down to, to Coogan. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm pleased that we now have two-time Academy Award nominee Alan Partridge. <laughs> right. Another another sort of um, thing to emerge from the Oscar nominations was um, Robert Redford not getting nominated for All Is Lost, mm. and then he came out with the statement that you know there was no campaign and this and that, and then that's why he missed out. Um, what do you think about that? What do you what do you think? There's a reason why any one reason in particular why he missed out. Yeah, it's that he didn't campaign for it, and and like, I, I, you know, I I, lo- I love the movie, I love Redford in the movie, but I think it's quite disingenuous of him to blame roadside attractions when, you know, he didn't, and and you know, it's so these movies, you know, the the, the, the whole award season is so political, and it's so much about, uh, you know, who is who is out there doing glad handing and, you know, doing the round tables and doing right. the, all this stuff. And Redford, you know, quite explicitly, pretty much said, "I'm not interested in, in doing that. I'm too old. You know, I'm, right. uh, you know, I, I can't. I've, I've got a festival to run. I've got, you know, Captain America two to shoot." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and whereas you look at Bruce Dern, who, you know, at the start pre like Telluride, I think a lot of people were like, "Is he going to get in? Is he right to go?" best actor rather than best supporting because mm. uh you know it's kind of it's one of those performances that's kind of on the borderline and you know and and the, everyone knew it was going to be such a competitive year that people weren't sure that he could make it but Dern just went and like really worked for it and oh he was he was everywhere like i went interview yeah yeah i mean i went to the savannah film festival in, in georgia and it's and that's a very young small festival and he was even there yeah, you know he he really was, he was omnipresent. Um, he's literally at my house doing the washing up. Like, <laughs> um, the campaigning never stops. Yeah. Um, yeah. but um, yeah. So like, so that's the difference. If Redford, you know, if and and I don't know if if it was him thinking like maybe I'll get nominated anyway and I won't have to go through all these like drinks receptions. Yeah. Um the sense is that he was, you know, from, from, from the, that press conference at Sundance, that he was a little bit disappointed that he, he didn't get it. And, and, and you wonder if like, he would have done it, you know, yeah, done for, for harder for it this, you know, second time around. But, um, but, you know, I still, I still think, you know, I wish, I wish it, you know, I wish it wasn't about that. I think performance wise, it certainly, you know, it would have been in my five. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, so it's a shame. It's a shame that the politics comes into it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a shame that he has this opportunity. You know, he he he's going to get asked at some point, and he has this opportunity 
to talk about the film instead of saying, you know, I was proud to be part of the movie, you know, yeah. J.C. Chander did a great job, I was really happy with the film, whatever. He instead just sort of turns it around and says, well, you know, the small... St and, and you would think a guy who's running Sundance would know sort of that a studio like Roadside Attractions, they just don't have... They're not Warner Brothers. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they, they have limited resources with what they can do. And I think it's yeah. just disappointing he sort of takes a small company who who the kind of company that goes to Sundance looking for the kind of movies he's trying to promote and just kind of yeah. throws them under the bus. I think, yeah. um, I think he could have maybe paused a moment before just sort of saying the first thing that came to his head or, or whatnot. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but he's at this point, you know, he, he also doesn't really, you know, he's too old to give a shit at this point. <laughs> um, that's very true. But, um, but yeah, you know, like did did roadside, you know, if 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 I were them, I I definitely wouldn't have opened the movie as close to gravity, as they did. Yeah, you know, it was like the week before or the week after, and um, you know, that feels like, you know, because they were both these sort of one man or one woman survival movies, I you know I don't think that helped. I think it was always going to be like an uphill battle for them to get people to see it because. You know, quite quickly it became like this is the movie with no dialogue. Yeah. Um. And um. But uh, you know, so yeah, it's it's a shame it didn't do do better, and it's a shame that like Alex Ebert didn't get the um didn't get a score nomination there yeah. as well because certainly I thought that I thought he would sort of sneak in there and like you know that 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 is one of the better scores um this year. So um yeah. so that's a shame too, but um. But you know, I think I think JC Chandor is a guy that we're gonna be seeing, you know Oh, definitely. Yeah. Every few years, you know, his his stuff. Yeah. Know, I'm really excited by him and I mean and, the, the leap he took from margin call to this is, is kind of extraordinary. Yeah, and I liked I liked margin call. Oh, so did I, but it Yeah, but um but it almost seems that he, he went right, I've shown that I can write, now I'm gonna you know, make a movie with no dialogue. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I like I like a, I like a guy who can sort of turn on a turn on a sixpence like that. Something else about the Oscars uh, and the Best Picture nominees. Um, I mean, you mentioned that you know maybe we're seeing that the typical quote unquote Oscar bait. The idea of that is changing, and I, I think that's an interesting point because I mean, in the in the Best Picture nominees, we have. Um, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, which is which many people thought would be far too hardcore for the for the Academy. We have um, Her, which is a pretty uh, ambitious uh, romance. I mean, it's unlike anything out there. Um, yeah. And we have Gravity, which is you know a blockbuster film. Um, do you think that we're that we're finally seeing the younger side of the Academy making their presence known? Through the, through the nominations i mean i think that's yeah i think that's partly true i think they've you know there's been and there's been a real effort you know in certain branches in particular for the academy to i know they've they've really tried to get more diversity into the director's branch in particular which is i think why you get like zeitlin nominated and haneke nominated and mm. people um because they they are bringing in younger guys and and you know and more women and and more uh minorities um you know so it's just a more interesting bunch of people who aren't just going to vote for you know for um 
for John Lee Hancock or whatever. <laughs> right. No, no offense to John Lee Hancock, I'm sure he's a but like uh, but but yeah, but like you look at you know and and you know, I, I you always get, you know, people popping up and going, The Oscars are you know, the Oscars are boring and the Oscars go for the most obvious options. But you look at the movies and like some of the more traditional movies in there are like Nebraska, which is like a black and white movie with no stars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, Twelve Years a Slave again is you could look at it on the surface and be like traditional Oscar bait, but it's Steve McQueen. It's got these long takes. It's like absolutely brutal. Um, and then like American Hustle, I think it's going to have the same problem problem as Argo in that you know it's now pretty much the front runner, right? And, um, you know, and and Argo, Argo went you know was the front runner by this time last year went on to win, and. Um, you know, and they're, they're, you know, and I think they'll get a certain amount of blowback of people going, you know, oh God, it's, you know, it's this, just this sort of movie that's meant to do nothing but entertain, da 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 da. But if, if, if like all entertaining movies were as like smart as those two and like well made as those two, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they nominated I Frankenstein. <laughs> These are like these are like entertainments. To be right. fair, it's not yet eligible. It's not won't be eligible till next year, Ollie. Oh, I wrote in a piece this week that I'm I'm trying to experiment by every time I write about the Oscars in 2014 to mention I Frankenstein <laughs> in an attempt to like affect the narrative. See if I can get just literally just an experiment. Um, so yeah, I, I will be bringing it up on every podcast. Amazing. Uh, we do this year. But um, but yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, American Hustle is the kind of you know, and it's a it's a movie that's doing. I don't I don't love it. Um, I you know I kind of like it and I have a good time with it. But I in a way I don't I I don't begrudge people thinking that is the best movie of the year. Yeah. Um, because it's the kind of movie that people say that we don't make anymore. Mm. You know, this sort of grown up seventies style like, um, uh, sprawling ensemble. Yeah, for me, what, what's been interesting over the past, maybe over the past month or so, is when I really started to notice was um, how Dallas Buyers Club kind of got a new life and started started really making itself a presence as a contender, in yeah. a way that it didn't really do when it first opened. Um, and I'm for me, like uh, that just seems to be the power of um, a movie playing well on a screener. Like to me, Dallas Buyers yeah. Club is the perfect movie that you for an academy voter to see like on a screener because you it's not the kind of thing you need you necess- it's not like gravity where you have to see it on the biggest screen possible yeah. to really get a sense of of what it's about. I mean, this is the kind of film where the performances are going to shine whether you see it on an iPhone or like on IMAX. Um do you think I mean, do you agree with that assessment and if so, do you do you think there were other films or performances that snuck in because they got uh, uh, a more appreciative, a more appreciative viewing on a screener? Um, I I can't speak for Dallas Buyers itself because that's the one movie I haven't. Uh, oh, okay. The one, the one sort of main contender that I haven't seen. Um, mm. uh, ironically, I was I was meant to go to a screening on on the day of the Oscar nominations, and they. Uh, they sort of, um, uh, you know, was working on nomination stuff instead. But um, 
But that's certainly the impression I've got from everything I've heard and, you know, everything I've seen of it. And, yeah, I think, like, um, I watched uh, I watched her on a screener. And okay. I feel like that played especially well, actually, surprisingly. Um, I think because it's a film that's so... And, and in a way, like, it made me... It made me wonder if, like, Joaquin Phoenix might somehow sort of sneak in there. Mm-hmm. Was he so much of the film is on him, and I remember that really getting that impression from from watching it, right? Small screen of like just how much you know he is he is the sort of you know it, it doesn't work without him and without Scarlett Johansson, and he's also in almost every second of that movie. Yeah, exactly. Like the the, the you know I, I'm I'm trying to remember the frame leaving him, and yeah, it, I don't think it ever does. I, June Squibb seems like something as well that would that kind of it's the kind of thing that plays that would play well small too. Like she's kind of the life. Like I'm not a huge Nebraska person, but uh, me neither. Yeah, but I mean, she's kind of the biggest spark plug in that movie. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and uh, Sally Hawkins actually, um, yeah. I think is probably one that. Um, my my theory going in was that. If Hawkins got a nomination, it meant that Blue Jasmine would get a Best Picture nomination. Right. That's a, that to me suggested a kind of wider like swathe of support for the film, um, which didn't happen. And I'm I'm really pleased that Hawkins did, but um, but I think that's that was probably definitely a screener, particularly because the, the movie you know it, it opened in the summer and and uh, was was a sort of a bit longer ago. So I wonder if that was people kind of rewatching it over the holidays and sort of being reminded of how good she is in that. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly Dallas Buyers Club. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think Philomena probably, you know, Philomena oh, sure, yeah. is not a movie that, that is crying out to be seen on the big screen. Um, no. uh, and, you know, and, and yeah, so plays pretty well. Um, but it probably also, you know, there's an extent to which it might help something like Wolf of Wall Street where you know not because it's family viewing because obviously it really isn't but right. like um but you can at least pause it <laughs> right like, yeah you, can watch it, you know you can watch it over a couple of nights and like you know and this year isn't the isn't the um uh it's not like last year where you you know you i i feel like half the movies were over two and a half hours um you had django you had les mis you had uh, Lincoln, Zero Dark Thirty, yes, yeah, yeah, a bunch of movies that came close to three hours. Whereas this time around, you know, I think it's only Wolf of Wall Street that that hits that mark. There's some stuff that comes close, but I think only American Hustle is maybe the second longest, and then after that, I think they're all for like two hours ish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Captain Phillips, I think is like one forty four or something. But you know, but it means that you can watch it over a couple of nights in a way that, like, you know, particularly older voters might not be as willing to get to a theatre to it or, you know. Um, so, you know, so that's that's something that may that may have helped it as well. Mm. But also, you know, I do, I do suspect that, um, you know, ultimately a, a movie like Wolf of Wall Street, and it was like Django last year, you know, people worried that that would be too strong for the Academy. And to go back to your point about, like, the, the sort of, you know, the aging 
you know, the, the, the older demographic of the Academy. But, like, you know, Scorsese's the guy who made Wolf of Wall Street, and he's 71. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Tarantino is is over 50 now. Um, you know, so the, these those are the guys who are getting closer to the average age of the, you know, and, and, and you know, the, it's not like 10 years ago, where the guys who were, you know, in the, you know, the guy, the guys who are now in their seventies and eighties and, and academy movies, you know, uh, uh, and our academy voters are the guys who were who came up during New Hollywood, you know, during the seventies and uh, and sixties, and um, uh, you know, so I think their tastes, you know, I'm sure they've gotten more conservative over time, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't think they're the kind of shrinking violets like clutching their their pearls every time <laughs> every time that you know someone does quaaludes and you know says motherfucker 40 times right um but um so you know like um i, th- I think it still plays old and like if you know and you look at the winners of the last couple of years you look at king speech and artist and argo like um you know, we're 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 a few years off seeing like spring breakers from. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's it's there's 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 an ex, you know it's it's a relative term, but I right. think you know, but yeah, I think that 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 um stuff I, is changing, and I think it's also worth noting, you know, the people who say now that they would vote spring breakers for best picture when they're ten or fifteen years older, that probably wouldn't necessarily be the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know the the guys, the, the people who had Spring Breakers in their top ten, you know, the, the critics are, are, I would imagine, overwhelmingly in their twenties. <laughs> and like, very possible. Um, and one last final final Oscar thing, then we'll we'll uh, switch it up. Um, the disappointing and rather like for me, the the disappointing and rather. Um, kind of baffling uh shut out entirely of the coens for uh inside lewin davis um uh, i know i know that during the precursors it was a dodgy movie it did well in some places not so well in others mm. but going into the nominations um i figured you know the coens you know they're people like the the industry loves them you know people the, the academy loves them they've been nominated a billion times for everything um, to me, I figured they would just, they would still sneak in, in a couple of major categories, but I'm, I was just sort of blown away that what they only managed cinematography and, and, uh, sound mixing. Yeah, and sound mixing. Um, what do you think? Did you think this is a film that just didn't connect? Is this, um, CBS not being able to handle an Oscar contender? What's I your don't thought? think, you know, I think, I think CBS you know, I definitely, I definitely worried about that going in. Um, I think CBS, their credit, and you know, I think they hired some pretty experienced, like Oscar consultants, right, for the campaign. And I think they ran a smart campaign. Uh, you know, everyone was, people were talking about the the AO Scott tweet advert, and mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, and they were sending copies of the soundtrack in the in the you know in the in the post and stuff like that. Um, but you know, and and I still hoped that it would get in. Um, you know, it was my favorite movie of the last year. Um, and, you know, and a series, and it's not that much more 
difficult and like bleak than a serious man is. No, definitely not. That's I would the... I would argue it's probably even it's more um accessible. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I think that wasn't and and maybe it would have been the number 10 movie because that like ultimately a serious man was in a year when there were 10 uh you know there were there yeah. were a fixed 10 best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. Um and also you know, not I would I would say not as strong a year. Um, ultimately, like you know, you look at the the other stuff that got in that time around the Blind Side, like District Nine and Education. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty messy. Like it's, yeah, you know, and that was the first time they'd had ten movies. But like, I would find it quite surprising if any of those films got in this time around. Yeah, with this slightly stiffer competition. Um, so. But yeah, but ultimately it just was really, and, and you know, I, I really did hope it was getting in. And then over the holidays, I, I was, you know, I talked to a few BAFTA members and Oscar members and who just were not connecting with it at all. Um, connecting with it, how? They just they just didn't relate to it or was it too they, bleak or? Like him. Oh, the uh, character. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, that was sort of, I mean, I think they just didn't quite find, you know, I think the circular kind of narrative, uh, people didn't get, um, but I think really, I think it, it was just not liking, not liking Lewin enough and not sort of being able to not even sympathize, empathize with them, which I don't, is, you know, I don't think that's a failure of the film, but, um, uh, you know, I I I know I empathised with with him a lot and sympathised with him a lot and didn't find him unlikable as such. But um, I'm, you know, I guess I'm. It's definitely one of those. It's and it's it's been it's had the most sort of the most explicit like gulf between critics and voters that I can remember. Right. And right. For certainly for a film that is sort of, you know, it's not like beyond the hills or whatever but uh, <laughs> but like you know but for a film that on the surface looks like it was a contender and certainly out of can like i mean you were you were you were yeah there. i mean i was at the can screening uh the critics screening and like they ate it up i mean it i i would struggle to like i've been to can the last four years i would struggle to recall a screening that was that um uh I don't want to say boisterous, but that was that. Like everyone was so engaged with the movie, and like all the jokes nailed, uh, like all the music, like everyone fell in love. Like, like yeah. coming out of Cannes, I was like, "Well, this is going to be Best Picture nominee, no mm. question." Yeah, yeah, I think that's a lot. Whereas, whereas I remember, like, certainly from the the buzz around Nebraska, being like, "Yeah, Bruce Stern, probably, maybe screenplay. I don't know if the movie's like a big enough." You know, I, I feel like the movie might be too intimate and too like small scale. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, coming yeah, coming out of Cannes, everyone was kind of like, it's nice. You know, it yeah. was a nice movie. Everyone kind of shrugged, and like that was the sort of general vibe. But yeah, you know, credit. I guess credit to Paramount, but man, they they turned that around. Or and also credit to Bruce Stern, who probably got that film more attention than it would have if he didn't do what he did and, and get out there in front of everybody. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah. So um. Who's your money on for for winning then? Oh God, how are we, how far are we away? Six, 
five, six weeks? Six weeks, yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, I think I think it might be a year when something like 12 Years a Slave takes Best Picture, but the rest of the categories are up for grabs. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if American Hustle will take Best Picture. Um, it'll be yeah, inter- it'll be interesting to see how the next how Fox Searchlight handles the next four weeks in terms of what how they decide to to go out to voters. Yeah. Um, I feel like what they've and and um, already that you know we've had this thing of like Steve McQueen being on Arsenio Hall. You're right. Yeah. And I and I feel like in a way that this was a problem that they had. Um, early on is that that you know even in toronto where you know and some people some writers have come out and been like it's over there's no point in anyone else campaigning 12 years a slave is going to win it yeah um and i think one of the problems they had initially is that you know steve mccree steve mcqueen can be a little prickly um (laughs) right you know in 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 uh you know he doesn't like the bullshit side of campaigning and stuff and i think and I think, you know, I think that's Michael Fassbender didn't campaign at all. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor, you know, did a bit, but like, he's not, you know, he's not Clooney. He's not like a guy who is like, right. And, I'm, and, you know, he's my favorite working actor, but like, he's not a, he's not a sort of natural schmoozer, I think. Um, but I, I think what's interesting is that I feel like, M- M- certainly I feel like McQueen wants it more than he did in I think in September it was like I don't really give a shit if this wins awards. Yeah. I think now just doing things like seeing him seeing him on Arsenio and seeing him play the game a little bit more. I think he knows I think he knows the benefit of like him you know doing some work for it and yeah. and uh, um and and you can and you know and you can see that with you know and I you know you can see that with Fox Search like getting that out there and um the, that clip that that was doing around a couple of days ago of, of Ejiofor's um, sister, who's like a yeah, CM, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're sort of. It's. I think so far they've been quite clever about that, and and um, and you know, giving it a new, a new spin, and and making it about the filmmakers and the actors, um, as much as as much as it is about this is the important movie that you should be voting for. Right, right. Uh, so, but I, but I think ultimately, I think if it wins, I'd say it. You know, I think it's probably for me, it's the best of the of the nine nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and 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 you know, and I think the, I think that it is the most quote unquote important. Is you know, I think will will make a difference, and I think that's what my money's on at the moment. But, okay. um, but it, you know, like you say, six weeks to go, um, anything could happen. Do you think? Um, <clears throat> are you expecting any any shocks in any, in any of the other major categories? Like, do you think I don't know, June Squibb will win Best Actor? You know what I mean? Like, do, or, or, do, do you do have you... A, do you have any sort of wild card? Uh, not predictions or anything. Any wild card sort of things that um, you wouldn't be surprised to see happen? Or... June Squibb winning Best Actor would be a shock, I think. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't think she's got a chance. I think like Best Actors, Best Actor is still very wide open. Yeah. 
I would not um I would not be surprised to see Bruce Dern win. I think most people say most people at this point think it's between McConaughey and Edgefor. Um I think Dern could win it. I think I've heard a lot of buzz about DiCaprio in the last few days and I think I think um you know they're starting to to kick in that campaign as well. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd expect to see him around like a lot on the chat show circuit and stuff like that in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, that's that's possible. Um, I think Jared Leto's safe. Um, I think you don't think, think you don't think Jonah Hill could like sneak it away from him or something like that. Um, that's the, I, I almost feel like because Leto there's been some like like Leto's golden globe speech i think caused some problems for him right they one they've sort of uh they've come and they've, they've they turned it around very quickly and and you know i think they, there was a smart response to that but i just oh, i can't quite see any of the others winning right yeah i i yeah so i think that probably is leto and again like i think blanchett is 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 in for best actress pretty happily. Right. I think think her closest rival probably is Amy Adams at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, weren't that sure would get in, um, you know, because she's she's now like this is her fifth nomination and she's never won. Um, but uh, you know, I think Blanchett has that locked up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't. I think director's going to be really interesting. Um, I think, like you know, I think Alfonso Cuarón is is you know obviously the the uh, is the front runner. Really? I would, yeah, I'd say so. It's so it's so well, much but, a direct film. But do you like for me? Gravity seems like the kind of movie that might just get that might be like okay, we've honored you with the nominations, but now we're just going to give you all the tech awards. Yeah, but think about think about something like Life of Pi last year. Yeah, but that was like a sort of well, I guess like for me, Life of Pi was more sort of broadly life affirming, whereas which Gravity has that element. Yeah. But for me, it, I mean, it's really it's it's main hook is that it's you know it's gonna make you have a heart attack for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I yeah I don't know I think certainly my money's on Quaron, huh. but you know, but there's McQueen and there's Russell. Yeah, and you know, and and there's uh, Scorsese. You know, Scorsese still only has the one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting. But you know, I th- I think in the in the smaller categories, and I think to be honest, you know, Best Picture is still that's that's still wide open. Um, yeah. I, I say Twelve Years a Slave is is there, but um, anything can happen in the next. Hustle has a really good chance. Gravity has a really good chance. Um. Even like Dallas Buyers Club, I think could be like a dark horse to keep an eye on. I think so too. I mean, I think that goes back to my screener argument because I, I, I really think we're seeing McConaughey. Le- I think even the McConaughey Leto nominations are because people are watching this movie at home and it's playing strongly. And my my final my final thing: Do you think um, Spike Jones could get in? Could win her for uh, original screenplay? Yeah, I think he could. Um, yeah. Because I think that's a consolation prize, essentially. Yeah, I would, I would uh, agree. My sense is that it's a film that, you know, despite it being about, you know, about 
this sort of technological romance thing that that you know maybe older audiences can't connect with but like people do really like that film um you know including you know voters um, right. Well, I mean, also the conceit aside, it really is about relationships in general. So yeah, exactly. Like it's not. I don't. I don't think it's particularly alienating. No, no. I don't think so unless you really struggle to grasp the concept of Siri, like yeah. it's you know, I think you can pretty much pick up what's going on, and and people like the movie, and in a way, I think it's sort of and it did really well. It got five nominations or something. Yeah. Um. But um. You know, it, I, I think there's almost a sense that people like would like to have nominated him, you know, would like to have given him a director nomination and would have liked to have got like Phoenix in and and even Johansson in. But the categories being sort of crowded, you know, as crowded yeah. as they were, I feel like it was quite often the like number six or number seven, even something like cinematography, you know, it's a beautifully shot movie. Oh, it looks great, yeah. Um, but you know, there were, there were sort of showier, showier picks in there. Right. So, yeah, I think he has a good chance. I think it's, I think it's probably that or American Hustle, mm. maybe Nebraska, but like, yeah, I think, I feel like, you know, the, the screenplay nominations, I think they, they quite often, you know, they go for the sort of originality and the, that, that would be my prediction right now. Okay. Would, well, I guess we'll see how it plays out um, uh, over the next few weeks. I'm going to, just to close off the uh, the podcast, I'm going to switch gears entirely um, and just address the uh, the sort of big news that hit uh, yesterday on Friday uh, pretty late uh, that Warner Brothers was pushing uh, Batman Superman to 2016, uh, which is a kind of titanic shift for that film. Um I mean, I don't know how far, how much you, how closely you follow this, that kind of stuff. But do you think, what were your, what was your initial reaction or thoughts on that move? I think slightly. My hope is that this happens once a year until the end of time. Like, <laughs> they just keep pushing it back a year every year, and I like, I, I know it's partly like. I'm I'm really not like a Zack Snyder person at all. Yeah. And uh, and then and then so I was I was kind of dreading Man of Steel in advance, and then as it came closer, like the trailers looked so good, and I heard really good buzz about it, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm actually really excited for this. Like, and went in, sat down the screening, and came out, and was just like, oh, I just hated that. So I'm I I checked out on this. Um, although I, I I will say that when it briefly looked like Adam Driver might be playing Robin, that uh, that that threatened to recapture my interest. But <laughs> um, I think that's not happening. And I yeah I don't. And it just sounds like it's going to be a it's going to be a train wreck. Because did, didn't they bring in a new writer or something quite recently? I think wasn't it? It was, it was the Argo writer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but you know, so if it was like, we're, you know, we're, we're pushing this back six months or, or even a year to like get, to make sure the script is right, that would be different. Um, it doesn't seem to be that case because I think they, 
they it was meant to start shooting in like January. Yeah, but now it's like March or something. Right, but that's the curious thing about this whole news is that the delay of the start is like a month or a, let's say a month and a half. Yeah. But the delay of the movie itself is like almost a full year. So it's it, there just seems to be a weird disconnect between that delay. To me, it would just seem like okay, well, we're pushing back the production a month, so maybe we'll release this in August two thousand fourteen or or fifteen or whatever. Well, what um, what what date did they give it? I can't. I, it's like it's it's like is it the first the first sort of weekend in May or something? Yeah, it would be opening against whatever Marvel of uh, uh, opening against a Marvel movie that has yet to be uh, announced, which is presumably like Thor three or Doctor Strange or something. Um, but like presumably, yeah, who knows? And my my guess is that Marvel will, unless they're really bullish about it, like will move, particularly for something like Doctor Strange, which is like a a, a riskier like prospect, right? Even even if it is like Johnny Depp in it. But um and even even given their like run of success. But um but I suspect it's it's literally just because like twenty fifteen looks like such a bloodbath as it is, even with like a a few movies like slipping out at this point. True, but I mean a movie like Batman I mean if there's any movie that's not gonna fail no matter who's around it. It yeah, be, you know what I, I mean. Think, like everyone's. Gonna, but like, I think there's not there's not failing, and then there's not like like Man of Steel did pretty well. I think it got like maybe seven hundred million True. worldwide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, you know that's 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 a good result. Although you know it's it's it was very expensive. So like you know there, there's there's a ceiling on those profits. But like I think what we're finding is that 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 May date that that early May date is the is the date because it means that you, you know, you can, you're the first blockbuster in the market and you can keep playing and you look at, you know, you look at Iron Man and you look at the Avengers, you know, they had that date and that's, you know, I think that did a lot of the work for them. Man of Steel landed in June, you know, middle of June. Yeah. And, you know, had, had a lot more competition for screens and a lot more products sort of coming, coming at it and, and before it and stuff. So my my guess is that it's. I mean, there are also some rumors about like Affleck. Right. I, I mean, I'm just reading on Deadline. They said a studio rep discounted that rumor. Okay. Um, but for what you're saying about the competition, I would. I guess I just find it curious that if they're going to move a film out of the way of competition, they wouldn't put it against another Marvel movie and then against X Men Apocalypse, which opens two weeks later. There's a part of me that wonders if X Men Apocalypse happens. Really, I I don't know. I like um, X Men American Hustle or whatever it's called. The, <laughs> the, one that's, the one that's coming up, the the seventies time travel one. Right. Yeah. Like those those movies have been, you know, they've been sort of dropping for a while now. I think I think the Wolverine did better than First Class did, but like they're not the like. They're not the sort of mega blockbusters that like the Avengers is or or Iron Man is. Oh, so you think that that franchise is sort of niching itself into out of existence kind of thing? I just wonder. I yeah, like I wonder if it's not. You know, it's it's the um, you know, they're they're, they're going big on this and they're you know and they're, and they've they're trying to do this sort of Avengers crossover thing of uniting the two casts and bringing back Brian Singer, who's the guy who started the franchise. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah i don't know it's it's um i would not be you know i think it'll it'll do fine but i wouldn't be surprised to see it like underperforming a bit and then fox going maybe we should hold off on apocalypse for a second it might be if the wheels you know i mean they've already dated it it may be that the wheels will be too far along by then but um uh Maybe you know, I, I, it could be the kind of thing yeah. where they just where they just develop it for now, and maybe they get a script out. Then they just sort of, and yeah, they put a date because that's kind of what you have to do nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're just going to wait and see what Future Pass does, and if it does, an, as good uh, as if it does, if it meets expectations at the bare minimum, then at least they have like a plan to go yeah. forward, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But like, I you know, I wouldn't be. I feel like if. If Days of Future Past opens at like, uh, I'm trying to remember what the Wolverine did, but I think first cl- uh, first class did like 50 million or something opening, right. and and I would feel like if that's the case, they're kind of in trouble. Yeah, um, and it's probably worth them. But then I I don't know. It's it's this weird situation where like they are going to keep ma- you know, and it's like with Sony and Spider Man, like they're going to keep making these movies forever just to stop right the rights reverting to marvel Um, well not only that there is i think it's like a a question of studios at first of of what is what is the value of like the long-term money generation of this franchise versus the short-term cost of making it even if it's at like even if it's at a break-even or a slight loss yeah you know because maybe it's the kind of thing where these things just because they'll play on cable forever, that it's just yeah, like exactly. worth that it's just worth it, just for that alone. Yeah, and because of all yeah. the all the spinoff licensing bullshit they can attach to it. Yeah, you know, in a way, you know, what they're doing and what Sony's doing with this ridiculous thing of like sc- scheduling four Spider-Man through movies through twenty eighteen and like having three different spinoffs of villains and and all this stuff. What they're doing is they're looking at the Avengers and going like, okay, what people want are like, is this sort of universe thing and we can cross over with other franchises and we can, you know, right. do all of this stuff. And, and that's what people like. I know if I was Fox, I would be like, let's make a $50 million Wolverine movie and sell it like a, and sell it like a blockbuster. Right. And I think that's how you make these things I don't know. Like I feel, I feel like it, you do. You make it, James Mangold makes the Wolverine, but without the, without the robot suit at the end, and without the you know, and does it for half of the money that it cost. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine it does about the same box office, regardless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, maybe you know, I, I suppose I think there's a theory that you need it. You know, you need the big money shots in the trailer to get people in. But, like, I don't know. I'd, I'd be very interested to see someone try and do one of these things on, like, a smaller scale. Or do, like, a little $30 million, like, Hawkeye movie with Jeremy Renner. Right. I mean, I mean, I presume that's, I mean, one would hope that's what Marvel would do with their Netflix uh, thing they have going on with Daredevil and all that. Yeah, that they would take a bit more risk, but then you look at something like Agents of Shield, which is the most. <laughs> I can't. I don't have words to even describe that series, but yeah, you know that's like 
the, the total antithesis to the idea of taking risks and and yeah. trying something different. Um, yeah. And I guess my closing thought uh, on all this, and you bring up a good point that you know every studio wants to have now a world building um, franchise, is that I wonder and I kind of worry that what Warner Brothers is planning is that with, with this extra 10, 11 months they now have is I think a week or two ago there was a rumor that they were going to shoot uh, Batman and, and Superman and Justice League back to back. Yeah. And I, my main concern is that they're just, they've gone from this idea. I was kind of with Warner. I was kind of with the idea of, okay, we'll have Superman and then maybe another one. Or even maybe even Batman and Superman and a couple more movies and then Justice League. I just worry that what they're going to do is just say, screw it. We're going to make the leap now to Justice League uh, instead. And so what we're going to see is Batman versus Superman in, in uh, what is it now, 2016? And then <laughs> suddenly, like, everyone and their mother in Justice League the year after. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'd sort of odd that they're... Because from what it sounds like, you know, with with Wonder Woman and the various rumors about like other stuff, yeah, you know, it sounds like this basically is a Justice League movie already. Yeah, I th I think they're going about it the wrong way because you look at the various like other, you know, you look looking at the X Men movies. They you know they talked about X Men Magneto and they talked about X Men Gambit and yeah yeah actually, but you know they, they've they've planned more than one spin off over the years. And um, and they haven't really been able to sustain anything other than Wolverine, um, who is the character that people like most. Whereas, um, you know, and you forget how big a risk it was for Marvel to begin with. Um, you know, if 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 Thor had like done like Green Lantern numbers, oh yeah, you definitely worry what you know. You will not worry. Uh, wonder what you know, what would have happened. And like, I don't know. I, I feel like by, by, by leading with the team up movie first, you're going to end up with the characters that like some people, the characters that, you know, everyone's favorite character. And then like a bunch of other people, when like Martian Manhunter comes out in or whatever. Yeah. No one goes to see it because no one gives a shit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, Perversely, I'm quite excited to see one of these team-up movies absolutely tank. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think what we're going to see... Well, I think a big test of this summer is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Well... Like, and whether or not... I mean, and whether or not that will connect to a mainstream audience... Yeah. Uh, ...in the way that I think Marvel now expects. Yeah. I think... I don't know. My money's definitely on that over, over X-Men... Um, really? But I mean, at least X Men has like, if you're just average Joe movie guy and you go to the to the cinema and you're like, okay, X Men, I know who these people are, and look, there's Wolverine, I'm gonna go see this. Versus, I don't know anyone in this movie, and there's a tree and a raccoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I just think to I think you're I think you're underestimating how much people like raccoons. It's very um, possible. And like, but also the key, you know, and the real key that Marvel have have found to making these things work is making the films funny. Right. And like, you know, and that's what ultimately that's what sells, you know, that's, that's, you know, these things don't happen 
none of these movies happen without Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man because uh-huh. he, you know, he had that presence that people wanted to go and see. And like, and and ultimately, this is this is the main thing is that you did for all they care about the money shots and the and the things. I genuinely believe that like that's what people want to see. And you look at you know you look at Johnny Depp in Pirates, and that was pre Iron Man. That was the biggest new franchise of, of the previous ten years because people wanted to see more of Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I it's sort of true of like it's why that first Star Trek movie works is like. Abrams put a cast together that really work together and really like, you know, play off each other nicely. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's the same with you know, Thor had enough like humor in it to counterbalance the fact that it was about a Viking from space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, from what I've seen and heard about Guardians, I think that that's very much going to be the case with this. You know, they've got James Gunn in charge. Um, Chris Pratt in the lead is something I'm quite excited to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know everything I've heard. It's he, he's going to be a, like a mega star after it. You know, people said that about Ryan Reynolds as well. So you never know. But <laughs> right. um, and um, you know, but I think I think that by taking it with a pinch of salt, they make it that much more likable and that much more like. And and you can get a sort of ridiculous, and you can have a tree, and you have a raccoon, and and um, uh, whereas the sort of dour like Man of Steel approach, assuming they're going about you know Batman and Superman and Justice League in the same way, I feel like you make your work that much harder um, by doing it like that, right? Um, but. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I do I, I do still think that Guardians of the Galaxy is a risk, uh, definitely. Yeah. My gut is that it's one that would one that will pay off. Um I don't think it's you know, I don't think it's gonna do Avengers numbers, I think it'll do like Thor numbers. Yeah, um, and then that would be probably considered a success for Marvel anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh we'll see how this all plays out. Um We'll see if next year we get I Frankenstein as a picture <laughs> nominee. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, listen, man, thanks a lot for uh, for coming on this weekend yeah. and 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 chatting with us about the Oscars and superheroes. Yeah, thank you for having me.